fresh back from Colorado. Colorado. In it to win it. Refreshed. Ready to go. Rejuvenated. And ready for another episode of The Ginger. The Gay. And The Gruesome. So this was... We need to come up with a fun name that's not mini. A bitty bite. Bitty like bite of murder. Bite. Bitty bite of murder. Uh, Put it in our bucket of yeah. things that we need to figure out, like both microphones. Yeah. It's okay. Baby steps. Baby steps. This is a mini episode. Oh, what a week of travel. Yes. Eventful. It was good. Things are happening. Sucks I couldn't ski. Sucks you couldn't ski. Yeah, no skiing. Although the tubing was just enough, you know. Yeah, snow time. Mm-hmm. There's no way I'd be able to ski. Yeah. Breathing was real hard. Yeah, we're like 300 feet above sea level. <laughs> so Dallas is 900 feet above sea level. We were like yeah. 12,000 feet yeah. of sea level. Yeah, too much. Too much. Too much. Uh, favorite part of the trip? Favorite part of the trip, probably Garden of the Gods. It's great, isn't it? I yeah. love it. I love it there. Thoroughly enjoyed Garden of the Gods. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, we did uh, our trip. I got sick, which is why I sound the way I do. Um, it is not special effects. It is not special effects. This is just <laughs> how I sound. So I was talking to one of my coworkers today, and my voice kept going in and out. And I was like, "This must be what boys feel like during puberty." Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I would squeak every now and then. Feeling so empathetic. So much. Okay, so anything else we need to add? No, I'm ready. Okay, well, this week um, we will be... uh, So we skipped a week while we were in Colorado. Um, Originally, we were not going to skip the week, but things just... We were on vacation. We were on vacation. We left you for vacation. Yes. So true crime updates this week. Updates. I don't have all the information. I just know a very little bit. But apparently they caught someone in the Moscow murder things. And I just kind of... Finally. Right? I just kind of felt like it was about to happen because they stopped, like the FBI stopped talking to the press about things. They stopped announcing things. Um, when they did announce things it was, or like information, it was stuff like, we plan on having this wrapped or, you know, the person caught by the end of the year and, you know, things like that. And so whenever, because I've seen enough Criminal Mind episodes to know, <laughs> When they stop talking to the media, something is happening. And I figured that they were, like, getting everything in place that they needed to get into place to, like, get who, you know, the bad guy. And then, what was it, the 30th? The 30th, I think, is December 30th is when they they caught the person. Just in the nick of time. Just in the nick of the time. Before the end of the year. Yeah. Just like the the race for space. It's just in the nick of time. You weren't with us during that, no. but we learned a lot about Apollo. It's just a 
thought in God's head. Oh no, I was talking about the museum that we went to. Oh. <laughs> we went to in Colorado on the first day, uh, we went to the National Science and History Museum, mm-hmm. and it was very fun. And we watched Got this learned. all the learneds. Um, one of our friends is a, a geologist, PhD candidate, and so it's fun to do mountainy things and rock things because he can explain to you all We're the fun an things. Yes, exactly. So that was fun. Um, We got to learn some stuff about Apollo 11 and the race for space. I didn't know I learned this out and it's very sad. Sputnik 2, they sent it into space with a puppy on board, like a dog. Yeah, I think I've heard this. And the the dog didn't make it. Yeah. And that makes me so sad. Isn't that what we use monkeys for? We use monkeys, yes. <laughs> they did not. And I, it was like L-A-I-K-A, Laika. Either way, she's a very cute puppy. Aww. Thank you it's for your sacrifice, Laika. And then I think at one point we sent dogs, two dogs up, and they were fine. Yeah. They came back just Our fine. Our dogs were fine. <laughs> we also made it to the moon first, so, Your you know. Suck. Don't be mean. That dog oh. is, is gone now. R.I.P. Laika. Uh-huh. All so. right. Let's talk about some true crime. So this week, we don't have technically true crime. No true crime this, this is... week, folks. Sorry about your battle. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Before we get into the story... I would like to reach out to the the positive review that we got. Oh god. <laughs> and honestly, what is it that you said as soon as you read it? I said it made me feel like I finally made it. I'm famous enough to have my first hater. Yes. And <laughs> the comment was something along the lines of like non-famous people who think they're interesting enough to have a podcast and honestly yes we do think we're interesting enough and i don't know you sir and you (laughs) listened to my podcast and took the time to to write write a a comment comment about it and i must be doing something right you know Mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. we got our first hater yeah that means we're starting you know any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> so thanks to our first hater, shout out. Shout Thank out. You for your contribution. Comments. We we are now at a three star. <laughs> so go five star us. I just feel like I never said, I never read like a, a comment and was just like, oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Like somebody takes themselves that seriously. I've never read a negative comment and like been like, wow, this is an accomplishment. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so Lauren and I are doing this literally for fun. We have no disillusion that we are going to end up being rich and famous. We may make jokes. Yeah. But this is this is literally something for us that like we already hang out on Wednesdays. We are 
now we just have a podcast and it's something that's going to, when I move to Colorado in two months, it'll be something that we can keep us together. And, you know, even if it's just our moms who love this podcast, shout out to Denise, shout out to Linda. (laughs) Um, You know what? We're having fun doing it. So sorry about your bad luck, guy, guy or girl. We don't want to be gender specific. Yeah. I also just don't feel like in my everyday life, life is already serious enough. Yeah. You don't need to take yourself so seriously. We're talking into a microphone and posting it online. Mm. Like, this isn't rocket science. We're not performing brain surgery. Honestly. We're just bullshitting with you guys. <laughs> We're having a good time. Yeah. We laugh about it. Our friends laugh about it. Yeah. So... We're going to keep on keeping on. But if you would like to counteract our one-star review. Yes, we are now on a war against <laughs> one-star review, guys. You know so what? please join us in our forces. He seems like he'd be like a Dan. A Dan? We'll call him Dan. <laughs> Simmer oh. down, Dan. Yeah, calm down. <laughs> So join our forces, attack, attack on Apple Podcast. Follow five star and leave a review. Honestly, Except. if you leave a negative comment but you have a five star review, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like if you're like, hey Sam, stop. I don't know, cursing so much or something. But like five stars, yeah. I'm good with that. To which we would reply, you might want to find a different podcast yeah, to listen to. Yeah, I try. Try. I try very hard. I will say, um, for those of you who are listening with children in the car, maybe like skip fifteen seconds elsewhere um, into. Um, so skip now but i try really hard to make sure that i don't say inappropriate things in front of like children and stuff Uh an old friend of ours daughter i accidentally said dildo in front of her (laughs) and i just like i just said it and i and her mom was like oh my god like eyes giant and she was like oh my god and this is a mom who like curses in front of her child constantly so it, There's it the line. didn't don't like it just i just didn't and so and she looked at me and she was just like what and i was like nothing and just continued on about it but i was mortified about that for months That's hilarious. it still sticks with me Anyway, so now we're getting back into true crime, except for it's not true crime. It's a mystery. A mystery. A Bermuda Triangle mystery, if you will. Ooh, juicy. Yes. So I'm going to tell you the story of Flight 19. We're going back to December 5th, 1945. Dun, dun, dun. There we go. There is... A naval air station, Fort Lauderdale in Florida. Five TBM Avenger torpedo bombers departed from U.S. Naval Air Station, Fort Lauderdale in Florida. They were leaving for just a routine training flight. They were to execute navigation problem number one, which was to fly to the east 
from the Florida coast conduct bombing runs at the place called Hens and Chicken Shoals, Shoals, turn north, then proceed over Grand Bahama Island. And then the flight's last leg was to fly back to Fort Lauderdale. Now, this day, the weather was calm, cool, collected. Okay. Now, we will be posting. um, I think we're going to start. I don't think. We are going to start um, adding pictures on our Instagram that correlate to our episodes. Uh So, there will be a map up on our Instagram for this episode and it, it shows you like part a part b of like where the actual like what they were supposed to do and then what they, they did. think happened okay um so the flight uh, or the um the training flight was led by Lieutenant Charles C. Taylor. He was a seasoned naval aviator with some 2,500 flying hours and multiple World War II, so hard, combat tours in the Pacific. So he was no stranger to flying and leading a flight. Okay? Okay. He knew what he was doing. So this aircraft, or the group of aircrafts, it was dubbed Flight 19. The weather was projected to be relatively normal, except for a few scattered showers, but nothing. I mean, it's Florida. Yeah. So, you know, just, it happens. Yeah, every day. Every day. And it's not like a crazy rain. It's just kind of there rain. A little tropical shower. Yeah. On the first leg of the flight, everything went as well as planned. Um, They dropped the practice bombs off. There was no incidents. There was no issue there. Nothing was going wrong. When the group of aircrafts began to turn north for the second leg of the journey, that's whenever they started realizing that there was an issue. So they took off about 2 p.m. on that day to start their training. Now, this is about 3.45 and Fort Lauderdale's flight tower received a message from taylor who reportedly sounded confused and worried not good at all he said cannot see land we seem to be off course oh it's already not sounding great the tower asked what is your position and then there was a few moments of silence which i can't imagine hearing that and then hearing nothing yeah because think about like when you're on a roller coaster and it, you know you're about to drop, but just those the three seconds before you do drop and it seems like forever because mm-hmm. you're just waiting. And I can't imagine like hearing, not necessarily a mayday, but a, uh, something's not something's right. Not right. And then like and then silence. Then, hello? <laughs> hello? Are you still there? So the tower personnel appeared out because again, it was a clear day so that you could see for a good good ways and they looked over to where the planes were supposed to be operating but they couldn't see them so then they started hearing more reports from the plane and it said we cannot be sure where we are repeat cannot see land now that was taylor who announced that part okay last thing he said was cannot see land they lost contact for another 10 minutes um when it resumed 10 minutes when it resumed the voice was no longer leader taylor what yeah it was no longer him 
What was said, though, was we can't find West and if everything is wrong, we can't be sure of any direction. Everything looks strange, even the ocean. There was another delay. And then the tower personnel learned from interception transmission that the flight leader had turned over his command to another pilot for unknown reasons. What's interesting about this is that um, it is added to... Close Encounters of the Third Kind, this, like, story is is in there Mm. about a missing aircraft. So they lose, they go radio silence once again for another 20 minutes, okay? And then now the new voice person is talking to the tower, but he is freaked out. He's close to hysteria. Like he is not calm. His voice was said to be trembling. He said, we can't tell where we are. Everything is, can't make out anything. We think we may be about 225 miles northeast of base. For um, a couple of minutes, the pilots rambling incoherently before uttering the last words ever to be heard from flight 19. It looks like we are entering white water. We're completely lost. And that's it. Wow. Yeah. So I, I don't love unsolved stories. Yeah. I like conclusions. Yeah. But... At the same time, unsolved stories intrigue me so much. I'm quite the paradox. An enigma, if you will. An enigma. So they never found any planes, no bodies, nothing else from anybody ever again. We will get there. Oh, I thought that was it. No, that was this, the end of the flight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so within minutes, tower personnel scrambled two PBM Mariner flying boats carrying rescue equipment. They were headed for the flight's last known estimated position because, again, they are relaying back to the tower. They have no idea where they are. They think they're here, but they they don't know. Yeah. And after about 10 minutes into the rescue flight, they checked in with the tower. But that was the last time one of the rescue planes transmitted back to Florida flight operations. So we lost another plane. So they're going down like one at a time. So they, there was the five original aircrafts part of the flight. They go out, they go missing. So they send two flight, mm-hmm. two more planes to... And they lost them. And then, so they headed for flight 19's last known estimated position. And after 10 minutes into the rescue flight, they checked in with the tower. But that was the last time one of the rescue planes transmitted back to Fort Lauderdale's flight operations. So now six aircraft with personnel had vanished. So one of the planes goes back. So after five days... The Coast Guard, Navy, Naval Aviation personnel, like everyone who can is searching for the aircrafts. They search extensively in more than 250,000 square miles of Atlantic and Gulf waters, but they find nothing, absolutely nothing. Wow. There's no aviators. There's no wreckage. There's no life rafts. They can't find, there's not even like, oil on the surface of the ocean oh my goodness 
Um, The Navy launched an investigation into the incident, but nothing conclusive was ever found. 14 men were lost as a result of the Flight 19 tragedy. 13 more were lost from the BPM Mariner attempted rescue. Wow. Yeah. How mysterious. Yeah. So if Flight 19 actually would have been where, where Captain Taylor had believed it to be. The flight would have made landfall within the Florida coastline within 20 minutes. So, you know, just as as communications being down was longer than what it would have taken him to get back to land. Now, I did see one thing that said that he, at one point, did say, I see the coast. But then, like, they were going towards it because they assumed it was... Florida, because that wasn't. And I mean, it was the Bermuda Triangle. Suck them in. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, he had made a comment that he did see, like he saw land, and they after they like reconstructed everything over the you know the um, investigation, they think that what he actually was seeing were the islands of the Bahamas. So during the investigation. What they think it, he saw was actually Bahamas, and he was well northeast of the Keys, and that Flight 19 was actually where it should have been. But the investigation found that because of his belief that he was on a base course towards Florida, Taylor actually guided the flight further northeast and out to sea. So, like, he thought... He was all sorts of turned around. Yeah, which is weird for a seasoned... Veteran. Yeah, somebody who's done this a million times. Yeah. And, like, imagine what they're seeing or, like, what's happening around them. Like, you said it's a clear day. Mm-hmm. Imagine what, like, what is going on to get somebody so experienced, so Gets savvy, so lost. Yeah, to get so turned around. Like, what is he seeing? Mm-hmm. You know? It seems eerie. Well, and because, you know, they work with being in the ocean and stuff so often it's general like the i don't understand why as soon as i start talking into this thing i can't fucking remember words <laughs> we'll say general knowledge rule of thumb that's what i was thinking of it was a rule of thumb that if a pilot ever became lost in the area to fly a heading of 270 degrees due west likewise if any pilot who got lost going south would simply turn his plane around with the sun on his larboard side what's larboard what is larboard oh it's left so he would turn the plane around with the sun on his left side and then follow the Florida coast heading north. So by the time the flight actually turned west, they were likely so far out, far out to sea that they had already passed the aircraft's fuel endurance. So like the aircraft's fuel limit. This factor combined with bad weather, scattered showers can turn into a bad situation, not necessarily like a bad situation, bad situation. I just think whenever you're in the air flying over ocean and like any kind of storm comes in, it you need to be, you know, they would be more alert, but you know, it can change yeah. anything. Yeah. Especially when they weren't, ex- I mean, scattered showers, but like if you're not expecting, Yeah. you know, I could see how even an experienced person could get if he was already. Yeah, he's caught off guard. Yeah. It is possible that Taylor overshot Gorda K 
and instead reach another la- land mass in the, the southern part of Abaco Islands. He then proceeded northwest as planned, but he fully expected to find the Grand Bahama Islands lying in front of him. Instead, he eventually saw a landmass to his right, the northern part of Abaco Islands, believing that the landmass to his right was the Grand Bahamas Island, and then his compass was also malfunctioning. Mm -hmm. So on top of all that other stuff, no matter how, if you have a, a fucked up compass... Gotta wait for nighttime so you can go by the stars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just like in Moana. Yeah, exactly. The fact that his compass is malfunctioning, there is a storm. He may have already gone off of the original plan. So whenever you're seeing certain things that you think are other things, that's when you get lost. Yeah. He said, of course, that what he thought was southwest to head back to Fort Lauderdale. However, in reality, this changed the course further northwest toward open water. Just like flat out open ocean. Oh, no. To further. This is because his compass is like Mm -hmm. on the front. Essentially, yeah. Okay. Um, To further add to his confusion, he encountered a series of islands north of Abu. Baco Island, which looked very familiar to the Keys, uh, to Key West Islands. The controller tower then suggested that Taylor's team should fly west, which would have taken them to the landmass of Florida eventually, but Taylor headed for what he thought was west. In reality, it was northwest, also running parallel to Florida. Oh my gosh. So like... Just running all around. Yeah. And while they were fully fueled and ready to go... They don't have just an infinite amount of... Yeah, to just be trucking around. Like, eventually we'll make it to fucking... Yeah. Exactly. So, after trying for a while with no land in sight, Taylor decided that it was impossible for them to fly so far west and not reach Florida. And so, he believed that they might be very close to Key West Islands. So, he turns around, still leading him into bad water. Oh, my gosh. So there's a series of serious conversations between Taylor, his other air crew and the control tower. Taylor was not sure whether he was near the Bahamas or Key West, and he was not sure which direction he faced due to the compass malfunction. So the control tower informed Taylor that he could not be in Key West since the wind that day did not blow that way. I don't know aviation stuff, so... I mean, I know he ain't there. He's not where he thinks or where anybody thinks he is. Since the air crew believed that their compass was working, Taylor then set a course northeast according to their compass, which should take them to Florida if they were if they were in Key West. When that failed because their compass was not working, Taylor set a course west according to their compass, which should have taken them to Florida if they were in the Bahamas. If Taylor had stayed on this course, he would have reached land before running out of fuel. However, at some point, Taylor decided that he had tried going west enough, and then he once again set the course northeast, so then he turned around again, thinking they were near Key West after all. Finally, his flight ran out of fuel and may have crashed somewhere in the ocean north of Abaco Island and east of Florida. So he just flew around in circles till he ran out of fuel. Yep. Pretty much. Because everything was malfunctioning. 
in 2000, they sent out a crew to see if they could find anything. And still to this day, nothing. Dun, dun, dun. They found the Titanic, though. The ghost of the sea. So in 1986, the wreckage of an uh, Avenger was found off the coast, Florida coast during the search for the wreckage of the space shuttle Challenger. Oh. Yeah. Archaeologist John Mayer. This wreck. Meyer? Meyer. John raised this wreck from the ocean floor in 1990. He mistakenly believed that this was one of the missing planes. In 1991, a treasure hunting expedition led by Graham Hawks announced that the wreckage of five Avengers had been discovered off the coast of Florida, but that tail numbers revealed that they were not Flight 19. In 2004, a BBC documentary showed Hawks returning to the new submersible 12 years later and identifying one of the planes by the bureau number, a clearly readable 23990 as if flight loss at sea on October 9th 1943 over two years before flight 19 its crew members all survived but he was unable to identify to definitively identify the other planes documentary concluded that despite the odds they were just random collection of accidents that came in the rest that came to rest in the same place 12 miles from home in March of 2012, Hawks was reported as saying it had suited both him and indirectly his investors and the Pentagon to make the story go away because it was an expensive and time-consuming distraction and that while admitting he had found no conclusive evidence, a statistician, statistician he consulted with said it was indeed Flight 19 that he had found. But... Wouldn't they know? You would think so. So like every aircraft has, it's like a VIN number, yeah. right? And so... So they should know. They should know, but... Somebody needs to do their job. <laughs> Maintenance man's an idiot. Maintenance man's an idiot. <laughs> so records showed training accidents between 1942 and 1945 accounted for the loss of 95 aviation personnel from Fort Lauderdale. In 1992, another expedition located scattered debris on the ocean floor, but nothing could be identified. So they're finding things, but they're not finding answers. Yeah. In 2000, or in the 2000s, searchers expanded their search area further east into the Atlantic Oceans, but the remains of Flight 19 have still not been confirmed found. In 2015, newspaper report claimed a wrecked warplane with two bodies inside was retrieved by the Navy in the mid-1960s near Sebastian, Florida. The Navy initially said that it was Flight 19, but later recanted its statement. Despite Freedom of Information Act requests... For details in 2013, the names are still not known because the Navy does not have enough information to identify the bodies. And then finally, a wrecked plane found in the Everglades of Broward County was also incorrectly postulated to be from Flight 19. In fact, this TBN 3E crashed March 16, 1947. The crash was reportedly caused by its pilot, Ralph Wacob. It was originally caused by its captain developing vertigo and he was killed in the crash. So that's the story. So there you have it. Now. Don't go to the Bermuda Triangle. Apparently it's beautiful there. Huh? We should take a cruise. At your own risk, people. So the total crew 
of the flight disappearance is 14. Okay, so this is gonna be the men of flight 19 and the BPM-5 rescue plane. Okay, so the pilot that was lost, um, I'll do pilot, then crew, and then, so there's one, two, three, four, five planes, and then I'll do the rescue planes, pilot, and then their people, yeah? Okay, so the pilot, Lieutenant Charles C. Taylor, his crew was George Devlin, Walter R. Parpart, and then Captain E.J. Powers. His crew was Howell O. Thomas and George R. Peonessa. Joseph T. Bosey, whose two crew members were Harmon the Lander and Bert E. Balluck. Captain George W. Stevers. His crew was Robert Grubel and Oh, two Roberts and Robert Gallivan. So he had both Robert G's on his flight. Um, and then Forrest or second Lieutenant Forrest J. Gerber, who had William E. Lightfoot on his flight. Now, the rescue. So that's everyone a part of Flight 19. Now, the rescue flight was captained by Walter G. Jeffrey. His crew was Harry G. Cohn, Roger M. Allen, Lloyd Eliaison, Charles Arsenio, Robert Cameron, Wiley D. Cargill, James F. Jordan, John T. Menendez, Philip B. Neiman, George F. Osterholt, Donald E. Peterson, Alfred J. Cywicki, and they were all lost on the rescue mission. So that's that. It's real sad whenever mission, I mean, they weren't action action, but they were still, you know. Yeah, no closure. No closure. Gone. It is pretty spooky though. And how many other planes crashed ships all around that area. I know. Because, you know, not just like Amelia Earhart, she was another one. She was in the Bermuda Triangle. She was doing a flight across the Atlantic and went into the Bermuda Triangle and was never seen again. Just fly and or sail around it, people. (laughs) Around it. Okay, so you have some facts for us. I have some fun factoids. Okay. Some that will get you thinking about what's going on here. Okay, so... The Bermuda Triangle is located off the, the closest point to us is off the coast of Florida. So it's creating a triangle from basically Miami, Florida, down to Puerto Rico, and then up to Bermuda. Creates like a big triangle shape. There's more than 50 ships and 20 airplanes who are said to have mysteriously disappeared in this area. So there you have it. How many? Uh, 50 ships and 20 airplanes. That's a lot more less than, than I thought. Well, it says more than. Oh, okay. So, but that's the, what they know. That's the starting point. Yeah. A lot of people obviously think that this has something to do with supernatural causes because... Some ships are discovered mysteriously abandoned. Ghost ships are the creepiest Mm -hmm. thing. Just 
no one is on board. Yeah, and you're like, but why? Yeah, where do they go? if you find the ship in working condition with supplies. Nothing's on fire. There's no pirates. Yeah. Where are the people? And then there's other um, flights or ships that they can't find, but they never got a distress signal from them. They just disappeared. Or any communication. Yes. Um, or it's like the abandoned ships, no distress signal, no nothing. Um, and then a lot of the aircrafts, they just like disappear. Just like the story that we just heard. They're just gone. Hmm. So, obviously scientists have looked into this. So, um, some people think that it's the weather. Um, there's really rough weather in that area. Mm-hmm. Um there's like a converging of multiple seas storm pathways oh, converge okay. there um, and create rogue waves. Oh yeah, yeah, which are like really huge waves that can just like, come out of like, nowhere. Yeah, come out of nowhere. They can get over a hundred feet tall, and it's just like best of luck to you. You know, <laughs> best of luck. Yeah, so tropical storms, rogue waves, and then also, I found this very interesting, Um, there's a hypothesis that pilots would fail to account for something called the agonic line. It's a place where there's no magnetic pole for the compass. Oh, well, that would make sense why. And it's just a hypothesis. Yeah, it, there's no need to compensate for the uh, compass variation. So that would explain why it's pulling the compass slightly off. Mm. So you're always heading in a different direction. And you get lost. And you get so, lost. But a lot of... Um, Boats and airplanes travel through the Bermuda Triangle now, but... Yeah, you can literally take a cruise. We don't know. You never know when you're going to find yourself gone into thin air. That's pretty spooky. Mm -hmm. I think we should do like a, a shipwreck episode. Ooh, like famous shipwrecks. Yeah, or maybe in like not so famous shipwrecks. Not so famous, because you know, that's what we're about here. Not so famous stories that should be famous. I think, I can't remember what it's called. I have to do some research, but I saw this story and it was basically the ship is like docked and other ships are docked and they are kind of partying, carrying on, having a good time. The ship's captain, it's like a family and they just disappear. I got a I got to find out what it is, but it's really weird. It's a really weird story. I think we should look into the not known parts of Titanic. Like a lot of people don't know this, but on the side of the Titanic that got hit by the iceberg, there was a fire a week before they set sail in that area and it warped and messed up the steel for the boat and so there are theories that if that had not have happened like it weakened the steel 
like, yeah, there would be some damage, but it wouldn't be the extent of the damage that there was. And there's just, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff like that. I find the Titanic incredibly interesting. It is very interesting. One of my favorite movies. Mysterious. (laughs) Very weird. Yeah. So I think it might be fun to to do a crazy stories about ships. Stay tuned for our riveting shipwreck episode. Okay, well, thank you guys for listening. Thanks so much for being here. And we'll see you guys in our next episode. Bye. Bye.